You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Let's get started. I've got another good one for you. I know I say that all the time, but this morning as Deacon and I were walking around our neighborhood, I was listening back to this conversation that I had with my friend Andrea Crowder back towards the end of 2016, and I just had to smile because of the synchronistic timing of sharing it with you right now, given what's going on with me and my next offer, which there will be plenty of details on in the Naptime Empires Playground which you can join when you go to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. But first, before we get to the actual conversation, let me give you a quick rundown of who Andrea is, how we met, and what we cover in this conversation. Andrea Crowder is a transformation coach who focuses on physical, financial, and mindset issues. She is the creator of the Me First Movement Challenge. She teaches women how to create physical and financial wealth, freedom, and joy, unapologetically so we can show up in the world in a bigger and more audacious way. And if you've heard my story, you've probably heard me share about how I worked with over a hundred entrepreneurs in that first summer of my business. Andrea was one of them, part of my 2013 dream team. It's funny how many dear friends I have that actually started off as clients, which I could go through a whole nother episode on that. Anyway, we had a blast during our call together. We're both feisty. We're both married to military dudes named Jeremy And over the years, she's become a great biz buddy of mine. She and Rachel Luna actually are super close friends, too. Rachel gets a shout-out in this episode, which feels like a great opportunity to plug Rachel Luna's episode, which was Naptime Empire's number eight. So if you haven't listened to that yet, make that your next playlist. Anyway, back to the powerhouse, who is Andrea? We talk about so many ahas and insights that I've highlighted Honestly, in each of the solo episodes, and we'll continue to because we both agree that selfish is the new selfless and that when we take great care of ourselves, everybody benefits. I'm going to keep saying it, and I hope you'll keep saying it back to me because I think that's why we need each other. Anyway, in this conversation specifically, we cover how and why Andrea started her business when it clearly didn't look like the best time between having two school-age kids, her husband just returning from deployment, the house in boxes, and a full-time corporate job. Facing and releasing the pressure to be a Pinterest mom, you know what I'm talking about, how she intentionally traded the morning chaos for a much more enjoyable and calm alternative, what drew her to network marketing after saying she'd never try it again, her best tips for staying focused while working from home, aka avoiding browser blackout, how to get your family excited about your business, I love what she shared on this one, the secret to working toward future goals while still enjoying today, because that's definitely a delicate dance, how massive burnout sparked her to take Fridays off and start the Me First movement, her top tips for network marketing and brand building online. She's a master at this. So whether you have a network marketing business or not, you're going to benefit from these tips. And then a powerful reframe if you find yourself seeking validation through likes and shares, which to be honest, in the world and time of social media, it's just something that we all do. So I love her reframe on this one. Anyway, you're in for a treat. Buckle up. Enjoy this conversation. Andrea, thank you so much for joining the party over here. 
Happy to be here. <laughs> yes. I'm excited to have you for lots of reasons because there are just a lot of different perspectives that I know we could, you know, rabbit holes we could go down. I'm specifically really excited to have you bringing the perspective because your kids are a little older now. They're not taking naps anymore, but I know you started your business when they were younger. So just to kick off the conversation, take me back to the time when you were just starting out and then how did that fit and how old were your kids as you were growing your empire to the stage that it's at now? So I started my business five years ago and our life was actually the most chaotic that it had ever been because my husband had just returned home from deployment. We had just moved to Washington, D.C. Our house was still in boxes. I was trying to get my kids in school. I was trying to get back into our corporate office where I worked at the time. And it didn't really make any sense for me to be starting any kind of side hustle projects. And I had no experience in business. But I just had this kind of prompting where I'm like, I just need to learn a little bit more about this idea. And once I did, I became so intoxicated with the community that I had been introduced into the vision and mission behind my business that I decided, okay, I have to find a way to make this idea work into our lifestyle of me working a full-time job with two school-aged children with a husband who sometimes was there, sometimes not. I know you totally understand where I'm coming from in that aspect. Yeah. So yeah, my kids were definitely school age, but it was a huge struggle trying to get this business off the ground when I had so much other stuff going on. Right. So honestly, that's how it was too. For me, whenever I was starting out, it was a different setup, but my Jeremy also being in the military and he was about to be leaving, but I knew I felt this calling and I was like, okay, I could wait to explore this possibility until, 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 but I was definitely realizing that there's never going to be an easier time. And I remember thinking like 2013, Nikki, like my future 2014, Nikki would be like, really, Nikki, that was too much for you to handle because it's never going to get simpler. Or, you know, people say busy or chaotic. You could also just say full, like there's a lot going on in life. Right. So if you're feeling the call, then now's the time. So as you got started, I mean, what did that look like? Because you were building your business and building all those connections and building that momentum in a finite amount of hours with obviously a finite amount of energy. How did you make it work? In the beginning, it was a huge challenge because just a couple of months after I started my business, my husband left for a class and was gone for several months. So trying to juggle the family and the connections and trying to maintain the momentum that I was building in my business required me to kind of hunker down and get super organized and being a creative by nature. If you looked at my closet, you would say, there's no way this chick ever has a chance (laughs) to be someone who you could label as organized. But When you start to realize like, okay, I have this deeper purpose, deeper sense of mission, you start to do things that you didn't think that you could do before. And so I had to really just utilize every second of the day the best that I could. So using lunchtime to get workouts in or using breaks at work to respond to messages on my phone or, you know, coming home and rushing to get the dinner started and hoping that I didn't burn it while I was <laughs> responding to messages. And then getting cousins for actually making a dinner that you could burn because that means it wasn't a peanut butter and jelly or a turkey sandwich. That's what we have a lot over here. So good on you. Yes. <laughs> I think that's one thing though in the beginning was I did put this pressure on myself to still be that 
Pinterest mom that I thought that we were supposed to be mm-hmm. and up with all of the requirements of making sure your kids are in certain number of sports or they're not going to get a college. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> Building the resume of like making sure that every spare hour is dedicated to some kind of character building activity as opposed to totally. Exactly. Exactly. Well, okay. Actually that just sparked something that reminded me of your conversation with Rachel, our friend Rachel Luna on her podcast, because I loved how you were talking about how you realized that your mornings were getting super chaotic and you realized you could change that. So will you speak a bit to that? Because that really resonated with me because I was, you know, in this mode of my journey being gone a lot and we're getting Bryson up to go, you know, packing up the car and we're headed out the door. And it's so easy to slip into that, like, hurry, hurry, hurry. Okay. Where are your socks? Okay. Get your Cheerios. Okay. We're taking those in the car, you know, and like that rushed mode. And I just really appreciate it. I can't even remember what you said sparked it, but I would love to hear more about that, about just creating like a more intentional experience for the day-to-day stuff, even when it can feel chaotic and crazy. Totally. Yeah. The best way I can describe it was like a sprint from like location to location or obligation to obligation. And I just got tired of running. And I think that was like this big motivation for me to get my business off the ground enough to where I could walk away from that full-time job so that I could have an intentional peaceful morning that would kind of fill my cup when I know that I am responsible to so many people throughout the day, including myself. And I just went through this massive burnout where I was a walking zombie. I was trying to be everything to everyone. I would wake up at 5.30 in the morning, run to the shower, run to wake the kids up and get them dressed, run back into the bathroom and try to do my hair. And who has time to blow dry? So it's time to toss it up in another messy bun. (laughs) I just couldn't do it anymore. I just felt like I was living this rat race that was never ending. And I was never doing anything fully present and really well. And it just took this moment of saying like, I can't do this anymore. And that was, that was a huge like inspiration for me to say like, okay, it's time to be intentional about every area of my life, especially my business to make sure that when I get to my deadline to walk away from my full-time job, I can say yes to that so that I don't feel like I have to fit, you know, 10 pounds of stuff into a five pound bag, so to speak. Right. So what was that deadline for you? And I, we haven't actually talked about it while we're recording yet, but tell us about your business. Cause I know that there are probably so many people who are going to hear this and they're in some kind of network marketing business, or maybe that's the model that is calling to them the most as like a starter. Yeah. Let's start there. And then we can talk about the deadline of like how you were deciding when it would be time to make the leap and to leave your job and just go full time into your business. What drew you to the network marketing business model? God, (laughs) I don't have a better answer than that because I had tried a network marketing company years before that. And I felt kind of burned by it, not necessarily because it was a bad model. It was a good company, but the people that I was working with, it was just like all sales. And so I kind of had put off network marketing and said like, I'll never try that again. And I think so many people have been through an experience like that because There are a lot of people out there that are so focused on the prize that they forget about the journey and they forget about the people. Mm. And so when I 
started digging more into our network marketing company and the opportunity, I didn't realize at first that it was network marketing. And I think that's why I was really drawn to it was because while the pay structure was network marketing, the business model was really about the people. It was about the community. And I just craved this community of people empowering people, of people having big dreams and taking care of themselves and taking care of their family. And I loved this company, especially because a lot of other companies out there are like, let me give you a car so you can look super fancy and let, you know, you should go buy this house so that, you know, you look incredibly luxurious and you'll just attract more people to you. And the company that I'm with is more focused on let me reward you for paying off your debt. Let me reward you for owning your home free and clear. And so the emphasis was really put on true freedom. And so I was just very drawn into that idea of lifting all that weight of ideals and what we should or shouldn't be doing to just truly have a sense of freedom and a community of other people that can want to go on that journey with you. So it was the community more than anything Mm. that drew me in and said like, no, this is for me for sure. Okay. So then let's zip back to the deadline. So like once you got started and you could see what was possible, and I think that's really what, it's such an exciting phase. I can't remember which Facebook group I was in, or maybe it was, I can't remember, but basically she was talking about the momentum and the excitement and all the, you know, possibilities. It's like such an exciting phase. So for you at the beginning, what was driving you to realize like, wait a second, I could actually do this, you know, and I could really make this happen. And how did you come about to setting that deadline or what was the goal to help you to feel good about leaving your job and then going full-time to your business? Well, number one, I had seen other people just like me that you know, for me, I don't come from a small town, but I come from a town where I don't know anybody because we're constantly moving. So all of the normal objections that you might expect of like, I don't know anybody. I live in a small town. You know, who am I to do something like this? I wasn't really faced with those because I saw other people just like me, just normal moms who wanted to make a difference in their family's life, who wanted to feel passionate about their work who, you know, kind of wanted to have their cake and eat it too. Whereas normally it's either the career, the family and, you know, online business period, whether it's network marketing or not, you can have both. So I just saw other women kind of paving that journey for me. And I said, I want that. And so I'm just going to do what they did. And I just kind of set to work. And yes, in the beginning, it's like that crazy, exciting moment of, oh my God, so much new possibility. It's like this brand new sketchbook of blank paper that you can fill with anything. And that's so much fun is like starting to craft that vision of what's possible for you and where you can go. And so I initially set the deadline for myself to walk away from my full-time job at 12 months. And I had this kind of up and down phase of trying to get my business off the ground. And it wasn't as quick and it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. But I intentionally built my business around things that I loved anyway, things that I was already passionate about anyway, that it didn't really matter if I was getting paid the big bucks yet because I was really enjoying what I was doing. And that eventually translated into some massive momentum in my business. So I matched my full-time income first and I did feel comfortable walking away for us because my husband had already re-enlisted and definitely into the military. So he had a good, another good 10 years or so 
of, you know, his military career where we had insurance and we had his income to fall back on just in case. But I never really had a plan B. Once I set my mind on, okay, I'm going to make this work. When you have that mindset switch of like, there's no other options here other than to make it work. You don't have a fallback plan. It's just a different mindset where you do whatever it takes to make sure it works, to make sure you're supporting your family, to make sure that you're doing the work that you love. I love that. Well, one of the things that I admire most about you is just like you get ish done. And I think that one of my biggest struggles, not I think, I know, been focusing like in the time that I actually have to work. And so especially when your kiddos are school age and then you're working from home, I'm just curious selfishly as I turn the page of my notebook because I'm doodling notes as you're talking when you switched and you were used to working and you had such fine deadlines, because I had a Mary Kay business back in the day in grad school. And I remember one of the things they always said was busy people get things done. And it was true because I was super engaged and involved in college and in grad school with all kinds of stuff. So I only had a certain amount of time to be working on my business. And then whenever I have all this time and I'm like rolling around in white space, then I find it a lot more difficult to focus and actually get the important things done. So I'm curious, what was the transition like when you left having your corporate job that was taking up so much time where you were fitting it in between lunch breaks and other breaks? And then you had all of a sudden like the entire day while the kids are at school. How did you make it work for you working from home? Because I think that's one of the biggest struggles a lot of people have is managing your time once it is actually your time and you do have that freedom. Totally. In fact, I was working with Rachel Luna as my business coach at the time. And that was one thing she warned me before I put in my two weeks notice was, Hey, you need a plan because the more time you have, the more time you spend. And we all know that instinctively, most of us are procrastinators by nature. And if we have three hours, we'll get it done in three hours. If we have six, we'll get it done in six. Yep. So some methods that I use to help me through that. And this certainly wasn't a perfect process. I have weeks where I'm like, man, I am on fire. I'm getting so much done. And weeks where I'm like, what just happened? Where am I? (laughs) (laughs) So it's not always a perfect process, but when I find myself slipping into not being as scheduled and as intentional with my time, I dig back into personal development. So this book called the 12 week year was like Mm -hmm. such a game changer for me. I'm making Brendan Bruchard. He was phenomenal. I did his high performance Academy. So I could dig back into those videos and just listen to one video. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. But one of the things that I wrote down that Brendan Bruchard said was by saying yes to something else, you're saying no to something else, either equally, if not more important. And for me, I associated that to, if I say yes to going into a browser blackout and, you know, not paying attention and not being intentional with my time, then I'm saying no to my kids. And I'm saying no to my husband because I'm in this time that ultimately should be theirs. And so I had to kind of flip that mindset script and say, okay, I can waste time, but it needs to be scheduled wasted time because otherwise I'm really stealing that from them and that's not fair. And I don't want my children to look at my business as a negative. I want them to look at it as something that's empowered us and our family versus feeling resentful towards the time that it's taking from them. Mm, That is good. That is really good. And that's another thing that is a unique perspective from your family because your kiddos are older. So that's another thing I'm curious about is... How have you involved them in the business? Because, you know, obviously, I mean, Deacon's not even one at this point. And Bryson is five. I started when he was 
excuse me, he's not yet five. He will be five in a couple weeks. But you know, he was like 18 months old when I started. And I absolutely do feel like he doesn't really get it. But I also know I could be a whole lot more intentional about trying to explain. Like he understands that if I'm doing a webinar, I'll be like, you know, mommy's going to get some new customers today and I'm helping them write their websites, but he doesn't necessarily know. And sometimes he'll see somebody if I'm watching a video and he'll be like, is that one of your customers, you know? And so <laughs> I'm just curious, how have you involved them and like, how have you framed it for them? Cause I know obviously your business has brought in a lot of opportunities and y'all take fun family trips or you'll just take them for like a special day to go do something. So will you just kind of spill more of that piece and how you've involved them in not just like, okay, this is what it means when I'm working, but this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, and getting them involved that way. Totally. I think that was one of the things that I'm kind of proud that I did right from the beginning where a lot of times as entrepreneurs were like, Ooh, <laughs> shouldn't have done it that way, but you yeah. learn from your experiences. But in the beginning, I'm a visual person and I love to have, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer and a doer, but I love the part of the dreaming and getting excited about where I'm going. So I pulled my family into that process. And so they associated my kids in the beginning associated mommy spends time on this business. And I worked most of my business at night after they were asleep, but there were definitely weekends where I had to, you know, invest some extra time. And so they had to associate my business equal Disneyland to them. (laughs) Disney World. Disney World. So that was kind of my initial piece was we had never gone on a real true family vacation, just us before where our parents weren't paying for the trip. We got married when we were very, very young and living off of military income. We never really had done that before. And so I had this opportunity through my company to earn a family trip to Disney World. And so I explained to my kids, if mommy helps at least three to five people every single month in my business, then at the end of the year, I'm going to win a trip to Disney World and in March, we'll go together. And so my kids were like my accountability of, mom, did you help your three to five people this month? So that was like layered in accountability. And I had these metric check-ins with them and my husband, even if the money wasn't six figures in my first year and it was not... Mm -hmm then at least they knew if mommy's doing X, Y, Z, I'm doing the right behaviors to be driving this vision forward. And so we did get to go to Disney World and it was the most incredible vacation in our family. Unfortunately, my husband actually had surgery right before, so we left him at home. Oh. <laughs> I said, these kids are in Disneyland. Sorry, honey. <laughs> so, but that was kind of how I brought them into it was I said, this is what, mommy's working towards and this is how it's going to benefit you because just because it's a big dream to me doesn't mean anything to them they need to know how does this affect me it's the same way our customers need to know when we're posting on social media what does this have to do with me our kids are the same way you can use so many different business principles for your life and your family as well so I just kind of pulled them into that vision board planning process and now they understand like mommy's income means you know my daughter and I over the summer went to Tucson and then we're in Tucson and we decided, Hey, let's go to Scottsdale for a night. And then we're in Scottsdale for the night visiting Rachel Luna. And then we ended up in Sedona for the next three days. And I just kept calling my husband saying, maybe we'll be home tomorrow. <laughs> BRB. <laughs> we just didn't come home until we wanted to. And we had massages, we got our chakras cleared and <laughs> it was just like the craziest fun 
impromptu, like best memory that I could have built with my daughter and all those sleepless nights and walking around like a zombie and failing forward made that moment possible. And it was just so worth it for both of us. Mm, I love that. See, and this is where it is. It's like, again, so many people who are in the nap time phase are like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, speaking of sleepless nights, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But it's fun to look forward to that. It's fun to look forward to that phase. And I think what's interesting is it's so easy to just get into business zombie workaholic mode thinking, well, one day we're going to be able to do these fun things. One day we're going to be able to do these fun things. And then you excuse your workaholism based on what for the good of the family. And one day we're going to be able to do X, Y, Z. And so I think that's the trick is to navigate, right? But every day is precious. No day is guaranteed, you know? And so it's like that in between of how can you make the everyday stuff special and then still building forward to that. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? That's something I've been thinking about a lot. I think it was Shailene Johnson in one of her videos and she was just talking about that was an excuse, you know, that so many people are like, well, I'm doing it for my family. But really, would your family see it that way, you know, on a day-to-day basis? If you're thinking about a some kind of vacation that's a year out or two years out or whatever, dream home one day. But in reality, they're right in front of you right now. So how can you build this in a way that feels good now and not just for that future and pulling that in to the present. Isn't that just one of the secrets to success anyway, when you already feel like you're living the dream, everything just starts to get easier anyway. But I found that if I could at least give my kids devoted moments or a day in the beginning when I was working at least six, if not seven days a week, that like big grind to get that momentum going if I could take Saturday and put my phone away and just be a hundred percent focused or if my daughter, and I still do this. If my kids walk up and I'm on my phone and they need something for me, if they want to tell me a story or show me something new that they learned or whatever mm. and I'm in the middle of doing something then I can say, Hey, mommy's in the middle of another, another conversation. Give me 60 seconds. But then I have to put the phone down. And most of the time what I'll do, especially because my daughter is very sensitive, if I'm not giving her my attention, I will grab them and give them a hug and say, okay, what do you need from me? You have my undivided attention, but I can't be with my phone in my hand so I can glance down and be like, oh, there's another notification. Mm -hmm. It's not always that you have to give them six hours. It's like just this really rich moment can mean so much to them. And it means so much to you too. It makes you feel better about, you know, that challenging phase of getting your business off the ground. Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, even just this week planning Bryson's birthday party. I mean, I went all out for his first birthday party. Carl from Up, we did a whole thing. And then the last couple of years have been low-key for various personal reasons and also just traveling and blah, blah, blah. But this year going all out and like having a beach birthday and inviting our friends and his friends, just taking that time to like really be in the mom space. It sounds so silly to me. I like four years ago, me would have been like, what do you mean that that was like an accomplishment to take time (laughs) to plan a party? But seriously, I'm like, I used to love throwing parties, but then all of a sudden, I don't know if it's living in Hawaii or working from home or whatever. It's like, I became a bit of a hermit. Mm -hmm. Just tapping into those other like human life pieces can really light you up in a way. And you feel like, oh, but I can't take time away from like being chained to whatever my work is for the day. It's so the opposite because when you actually do start feeling how you want to feel, everything else can be easier, which makes me think about your self-care Fridays. And I want to know, because you take Fridays for you and I want to know what prompted that, like what actually started, hey, 
I'm not going to work on Fridays. Or if I do, it's, you know, after I've already done X, Y, Z and I'm taking care of me and taking that day for myself, I would love to know what prompted that. And then what changed, like what shifted once you started actually making that a practice for yourself each week. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought up because as entrepreneurs, it can be easy to kind of go in a hermit phase. All of a sudden you don't have friends anymore unless they're living in your computer or, you know, you don't do the normal things like plan birthdays. And I walked that same exact road as you did. And after I quit my full-time job, I went into working my business tenfold. And I thought like, if I invest 10 times as much time and energy into my business, I'll get momentum going. And while I did, and the income was building and building and building, I hit massive burnout to where I resented my business. I resented my customers. I resented anybody that needed anything from me because I was just so tired and I hadn't done a good job of filling my own cup on a regular basis so that I could give to others. And I think, especially as moms, that's our greatest weakness is constantly giving to other people and thinking that it's selfish of giving to ourselves. And so I started this very personal me first movement in my own life. And that journey has just continued on ever since then of, I do a really good job of investing into me and being deliciously selfish with one afternoon or day or whatever, then I'm going to be so much better for so many more people, especially for my kids. I'll be more patient with them. I'll be more focused, you know, and when you feel good, when you have energy, you're better at focusing in your business. You're better about being intentional with your time. You're better with your patience. You're a better listener. You're a better friend or wife or husband or whatever. So I started my self-care Fridays where I take the entire day off where nobody can ask anything of me, especially being in network marketing. I have a team of thousands of people. And so, you know, Facebook messages and emails can become very demanding. And it was running my schedule instead of me running my schedule. So Fridays, don't message me. I ain't got nothing for you. I'm investing into myself. Like I'm very, very stingy with that time because I know that I need to find those times to be quiet or to be creative or to get a massage or get a chiropractor from sitting at my desk for too long. You know, just taking those moments to take care of my health, take care of my mental sanity, spend more time spiritually working on stuff that I feel like is going to make me a better human. And when I took those precious hours really out of Friday from when my kids went to school, I may sleep in a little bit later. I'll meditate. I try to meditate every day. I'm not perfect at it, but try to meditate in the morning, work out, have a green juice or drink my Shakeology or something like that. And then I'll go to some kind of appointment. Maybe it's like, I have to get blood work last Friday. My self-care Friday was I have to go get blood work because I just have to do my normal, like, legit go to doctor life stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like before I'm like, who has time to go to the doctor? Right. (laughs) You know, I didn't gone to get any kind of like checkups or even the dentist for so long because I was so focused on the grind, the grind, the grind. So I went back to taking that Friday to schedule those appointments or even just a blowout. Like sometimes it's just going to the salon and letting someone else wash your hair. (laughs) So much in my third trimester and Denise Duffel Thomas, she's the one who gave me that idea. I'm like, all right, you don't have to be 80 years old to go get a blowout every week if you want to. And in Hawaii, the term for grandma is tutu. And so there was me and this grandma 
Tuesday mornings. So I started calling it two, two Tuesdays because she was me and this grandma had our like nine o'clock standing appointment on Tuesday mornings to get our hair done. (laughs) It was so funny. And we'd be like, Hey, and I was like waddling in super pregnant. And then her husband would bring her and it was super sweet, but it seriously made such a difference. And it's not something you have to do weekly. And I don't, I don't do it weekly anymore because then Deacon was on the outside and things, logistics got a lot trickier. Right. Little, I mean, there are just so many little things we can do. And it sounds so silly, like making doctor's appointments, but seriously, I mean, it's so bizarre to me how easy it is to forget to do that stuff or to push it off, push it off, push it off. And I I have to have like a separate list for like life things, you know, there's a never ending list, of course for anything. I mean, list never ends. So you have to figure out your relationship with that, but that's so funny. Just doctor's appointment, making a doctor's appointment feels like, yay, good for me. I'm so glad I did. (laughs) It does feel good. You feel very accomplished when you do just very simple stuff that before it was just a part of life and you would keep up with it. And now you're like, wait, when was the last time I had a teeth cleaning? (laughs) Well, even like, I mean, I'm not even kidding that one of my biggest, proudest moments of this year so far was participating in Wacky Hair Day because that meant we actually went to Target. We made a special trip to Target. We got this blue stuff for Bryson's hair. We did the <laughs> rubber bands and he thought like he was the coolest guy on Wacky Hair Day. And I felt so proud that we actually took time out to participate in something like that. So yes. that's where I'm at on my journey is the tipping point of like realizing I went way too far in one direction of feeling like I was swallowed by the internet. And instead of being a well-rounded person, I was like a sharpened pencil. And so I'm kind of like waking up from the fog to be like, all oh, right, this is life. It's actually happening now. I need to pay attention to the things that I say matter and make sure I'm actually, you know, showing up for those things, little things like wacky hair. I actually tattooed that on my arm, just the sentence life is now, because it's so easy to forget whether you're an entrepreneur or not. It's so easy to forget of like, you could, you know, tomorrow could be gone and you worked all this time to invest into this future for your family. I don't know, 2016 has been an interesting year, but I've just watched some people in my circle experienced some very tragic losses. And it just was this huge wake up call of like, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Don't forget. So I did become so much better about if I was taking time with my family of just every single day looking into my husband's eyes, because he could be on for a year tomorrow. I don't know. Mm. And just like soaking up those moments and just being so ridiculously present that when you're looking at your husband, you almost look stalkerish. <laughs> I would just love to look at my husband. Let's just be honest. I know. He's gonna lie. Actually, he gets home today as we're recording this. He gets home today for the first time for more than like five minutes at a time. He's been home for like three days and then three days and then three days for the last few months. And so we're excited. So yeah, I get that. And we do. We just stare at him when he comes home you know, he's been on a submarine. So he hasn't had like a really good shower and, you know, they obviously they're like making their own fresh water and all the things that go along with submarines. We'll like go upstairs and just sit in the bedroom and he's in there in the shower and we're all just like hanging out because we're like, no man, you got to go shower. And then after a while, the newness wears off like not long later, then we're back to like, okay, reality. But there is just this period where we're like, he's home. He's here. Let's just go stare at him. And Bryson will practically just sit like right outside the shower waiting, daddy, 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 daddy. And that's why we're very excited. And yet also totally freaked out 
about having all this together time when he gets out of the Navy next year. So, Oh my God, we are so freaked out about that too. (laughs) It's not going to be next year for us. We still have like three and a half years, I think, before he'll start out processing, but I'm already a little anxious. You know, what are we going to do with all that time together, babe? (laughs) We're not used to this. Right. I know. Well, you I'll might go have first. to go get a hobby. <laughs> I'll go first and I'll be the, the crash test. I mean, me and my Jeremy will go first and integrate into the real world and see what the heck it's like out there. I don't know. It's going to be a really big transition because it's not just getting out of the Navy, but we're likely, not totally sure, but likely we'll be moving back to Texas too. So there's going to be all kinds of transitions, but it's fun to think about and dream about for sure. Totally. And the nice thing is, is once you get to that point, you do have that ultimate freedom, especially with entrepreneurship of saying, okay, maybe he wants to go on some like boy vacations or my husband has just worked his booty off for such a long phase of his life and just selflessly long hours. And I know yours is the same way. Probably a lot of our spouses are, but I just really am excited for him to do something that he wants to do on his terms, not just, you know, if the military sends him here and says, okay, you have to do X, Y, Z. Maybe he likes it. Maybe he doesn't, but whatever it is, he's stuck with it. So yeah. I'm just really excited for that for him. And if he gets in my way too much, then I'll just hire someone to entertain him. I don't know. <laughs> right. I know. I'm like, well, how funny to do. And for us getting out since he's not like retiring, retiring, you know, he will have had 13 years in and people look at us like we have three heads when we say that. We're getting out. Yeah. We're making because there are a lot of unknowns, but that's life in general, right? And so we know for sure we do want to be able to enjoy some of this freedom that they've been protecting for all these years and to just figure out what is it actually like to be together, you know, and to actually have both parents home every night. Like, what a concept. It's exciting to think about for that exact reason because it's like, what do you want to do? I talk like he's retiring, like he's. 70 years old. I'm like, dude, we have small children. What do you mean? Like he's going to be, he's going to be a dad. He's going to be home. Deacon's not even one. So he'll be like, not even two. He's going to have plenty to do with people, you know, and then he will have the space to explore. Cause part of him, I think he thinks that he'll be like totally down to stay home all the time. Love our guys, love our guys. But I'm like, Jeremy, I know you, your antsy pants, you couldn't stay in your pajamas all day, even if you wanted to. I have definitely mastered the art of that. <laughs> like You're going to be antsy pants. You're going to want to do things. And he loves to build stuff. So I'm excited to see wherever that journey takes him because he just hasn't had the opportunity to think about what would I really love to do? You know, if I had that option to do whatever I wanted to do, what would I do? And that's obviously the biggest benefits to just entrepreneurship in general. So, all right. We've talked about a lot of things. I'm trying to think of the other pieces, any other angles, that older kids, the military piece, the network marketing piece. Let's just kind of circle back to that in terms of empire building, because so many people have misconceptions about joining a network marketing company and what that can mean. And I love using you as an example and literally do in my social studies workshop of someone who's sharing and building a business, but it's not like you're always talking about the products, the products, the products, whereas that's often the focus and probably one of the biggest mistakes that people make is you were saying what drew you in was the community. And yeah, the products were great, but it was really about this community of empowering people. And it just happened to be that you buy the products from people and blah, blah, blah. From your perspective and kind of having a foot in all the different entrepreneurial worlds, what are some of the things that you would recommend for people who are starting and they're in a network marketing business, but they're not really comfortable in it yet. You know, like it drew them in, but now that they're in, they're like, Oh wait, how can I still be me and be successful? 
Number one, the way to feel really connected to your business is you are your brand, not the company that you represent. And that makes it so much easier because we initially put all this pressure on ourselves of how can I sell? How can I promote products? And really what you want to do is you want to build relationships first. And I think that's something that came very naturally to me. And that's what I craved the most anyway. So it felt like an easier transition for me. But the first piece of advice is pick a company because you truly believe in the products, not because you want to get rich. Mm. You will never last. You'll become what, what we call an MLM jumper because you'll keep going from one opportunity to the other thinking the next one's going to be the get rich quick. And the reality is, is that if they're a legitimate opportunity, it's hard to build and it should be. In order for you to do the hard work and want to do the hard work. When you go through those phases of feeling like you're working hard enough to make a million dollars and you might make $50 that weekly paycheck, you have to be doing something really centered around things that you're really passionate about. So the first advice that I give to people when it comes to building a brand is ask yourself who you are and what do you love? What are your passions? What are your hobbies? Because I built my whole business through social media. I'm not a face-to-face person. I'm way too introverted for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be that person that's standing behind you at Safeway or, you know, your grocery store that says like, oh, that's interesting food you have in your basket. And that's like that conversation. Oh my gosh. Did people do that? (laughs) They do. Of course they do. (laughs) Some books train on that, like started conversations at Starbucks. And I'm like, ew, no. I can't. (laughs) Yeah. No way. If it wasn't for social media, I probably would have never been successful with network marketing. But it's so easy. You guys can build a six figure, a million dollar business, or maybe that's not even your goal. Maybe it's just, you want to be able to buy diapers or go on a family vacation once a year. The most important thing is building it around your hobbies and your passions. So take things like for me, I love to travel like my spirituality. I just took up a new hobby, which is floral arranging. So you guys are going to start to see some. Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to see that. I'm horrible at it. I know. I am like, I'm not fantastic at it yet, but I'm going to show you guys the whole journey because I just needed something to, that's a new part of my self-care project of having a hobby that doesn't include work. <laughs> so yeah, it's hilarious. Seemingly <laughs> so random, but I kid you not the other day I brought home this bouquet because I do like to buy fresh flowers and then I, I tried to cut in a rain and I, it was a mess. I was like, this is really awkward. And they're all like the same length. And I know this is not how it's supposed to look. And I, I was even asking the ladies, I was like, do you have any tips on floral arranging? So I will be following because that's totally something that has crossed my mind over the last couple of months as I'm hopelessly trimming my flowers. I'm feeling like it's going to be very therapeutic. I just started. I have a couple bouquets on Snapchat if you guys want to check it out. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> so I just take all those things that I love to talk about already and I look for opportunities. People get online because they either want to be educated or entertained. And so when you're sharing things through social media, if you're just showing them a picture of a product and you're like, hey, buy my stuff. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> right. I'm sure there's little kids around. <laughs> by myself, (laughs) there's a huge disconnect. You know, you have to be able to connect with people on more of an emotional level. So I use social media to build what I call me twos. So when I can share something about, 
you know, I need a creative project. I need something that can help me manage my anxiety, which is something that I've struggled with for pretty much my whole life. A lot of overachievers probably can relate to that. And so I'm going to share that process of like, this is supposed to be therapeutic and natural healing for, you know, my anxious days. And so I'm teaching, but at the same time, I'm building connection with other people who are like, oh gosh, I am a little bit of an overachiever. I struggle with anxiety too. I just shared something that offered value to them for free. And I'm just sharing my life. It's not like you guys have to become an expert in something else. You just become an expert in yourself, share what works for you, share things that entertain you, share things that you became educated by and just become a good reshare or reteach it with your own, you know, life experience with it. And the more that I do that through social media, I always ask myself before I make an ask or an offer. Did I earn the right to make this ask? Did I give enough value to the world to earn the right to ask them to do business with me. So it's more or less about the products and more about selling who you are. And of course, if you're in network marketing, this is going to help you build your team because people are just going to feel very connected to you because they feel like they know you, even though, you know, they've never met you. So that's my best tip. And it's so good because it's what you do. And I just feel like so many people and myself included, I used to be a whole lot more comfortable just sharing as stuff was happening. And then all of a sudden I got, well, I don't know if it was all of a sudden or if it was just over time. I feel like I put a muzzle on myself and I'm like, uh, I don't need to share that. I mean, nobody cares about that. So I'm sure you have a lot of people on your team who go through that same, like the mindset piece. Like, okay, well, cool. I could share this, but does anybody really care? So what do you tell people when that's their big concern? So they just kind of have themselves on mute on the sidelines feeling like, no, I can't, I can't jump in there. There's already plenty of people talking about this or, you know what I mean? Totally. There's probably a lot of people talking about the same thing, but nobody's going to talk about it from your perspective. Number one. And number two is I look at it from the perspective of there's always another Andrea out there who's one day or one month or one year or a decade behind me. And she doesn't know this yet. And so if it helps one person and we start to look for, validation in our number of likes and comments and shares. And I have to challenge you to not do that because I've had so many people reach out to me after years of following me through social media and say, you know, I don't know how we even came connected, but some of the things that you've shared have been really profoundly impactful in my life. And I'm sure that there's some people that I'll probably never hear from. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's not my job to judge. It's just my job to share and I'll let God spread that message to whoever is supposed to read it, who needs it, or who's supposed to do business with me. It doesn't matter. It's just my job to get that information out there. I love that. This has been so good. Are there any other things, tips, tricks, rally cries, or anything that <laughs> you didn't cover that you would want to share with this particular listener who's over there building her empire and wondering what the heck, how am I doing this all at once? And why am I doing this all at once? Why is it worth it? I think it always comes back to the why. So that would probably be, you know, what I would end with would be, it is going to become challenging at some point. You might have like this great start and then you might enter the struggle bus phase. The world changes so fast. And I know we were just talking about this, what worked last year isn't working this year. And how do we keep going when it just feels like such an uphill battle? And I always goes back to the fact that number one, I built my business around my passion. So either way, I'm still enjoying the process of building it. If you enjoy the process, you're in the wrong space. Mm. So that's really important. But the other thing is you need that strong vision of why are you doing this? And 
I would almost challenge you to create two visions. One of them that might have some deadlines that might be creeping up, you know, in the next 12 months, but eventually those 12 months are going to happen. And after five years in business, I'm living the life that I dreamed that I would live. So now why do I work so hard? Mm. And it goes back to the vision of who do I want to serve and how do I want to change the world? And so it's that big vision of how do I just want to show up and feel every day that doesn't necessarily have a deadline. And when you can grasp that, truly grasp that, you live this insanely rich life that I think for me, you know, five years ago, I never even knew was possible. And it's just crazy. And I just want to share that with as many people as I possibly can. Beautiful. And speaking of sharing it, where can we find you sharing your goodness online? I probably spend the majority of time on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash message Andrea. So you guys can go ahead and add me as a friend or click the follow button, whatever you feel comfortable with. That's kind of my little happy space on the internet where I probably share the most. Thank you for taking time out of the school day over there to share all this goodness. And I'm really I'm excited to see, as we were discussing, what 2017 and beyond has to bring for your fam and for your business, your big old family over there. Thank you for doing what you do and just for leading by example and sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly all along the way, because it's certainly inspiring. And I love seeing you in my newsfeed. Thanks, lady. I appreciate you as well. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I mean priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire Builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. Naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 